Like every shift in history, there's always opportunity. This is the creative sector's opportunity to get it out there how important creativity is for humans because now we're going to be competing with this other thing that's coming, the AI. That's Tara Prendergast, business strategist and founder of The Biscuit Factory. Every time I talk with her, I'm richer for the experience. She knows what it takes to build a successful business. She knows because she's built and sold several of them. The first was when she was 19, when she quit art school. Lean in as we dig into her story about how she built this vibrant community of over 10,000 plus members and still growing. I'm Fanola Howard, intuitive marketer, your host and founder of How Great Marketing Works. I believe that every business has a story to tell because that's how the market decides whether to buy or not. And your story has to resonate with who you are and with the people you want to serve. And this podcast is about helping you reach the market in a way that feels right to you. So if you're an entrepreneur with a dream you want to make real, then this is the podcast for you because great marketing is your truth shared. And I have another lovely person to speak to today, and it is the <laughs> splendiferous, <laughs> there's a word for you, Tara Prendergast today. And the reason that I asked Tara to join me is because there's so many reasons, um, but let me put on a couple. One, she's creative and a marketer. I really like that combination because often they're at odds with each other. She's a community builder. She's a cheerleader. She is smart. She is ballsy. She is innovative. And she is very expansive in her thinking and wants to support all those around her, no matter who they are. Thank you, Fanola. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. It's been a while. We've been trying to get this together for a while. So nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. So I want to start with, I mean, lots of people know you and we'll go into the details of how we know you and what you've done and all the rest of it. But I kind of want to start by talking about your journey started when you were in art school and you Mm -hmm. dropped out. You quit. You decided to start your first business at age 19 and drop out of art school. Yes. Can you tell us that story? So I always thought I was going to be an artist, a painter specifically. And I in in secondary school, I won some awards. I was doing my art stuff in school and it was the obvious next step that I go to art school. Um, I left secondary, went in and started my art journey after school and quickly figured out that this was amazing. The people around me were amazing, Mm. which now I know was actually what I was after. (laughs) Um, But I also realized that there was no support or no conversation around how to 
make this a career to how to sell the artwork, how to develop a business around the art that I wanted to create. And because of my family home, where my dad is an entrepreneur, we sat around the table talking about different ways we could sell more sandwiches down in the in the um, petrol station from the fridge with a can of Coke. Like we sat around talking about that stuff <laughs> around our table. I was very clued into what it's like to try and build a business around something. So I was wondering where was the module for marketing and selling this stuff? What happened next was where my life changed completely. Um, I came to one of the lecturers and I said, you know, where's the marketing department? You know, a, a young, bushy-tailed young one coming up where, you know, not meaning to be cheeky or anything like that, just a genuine, where is it? Am I missing something? And I was laughed at. That put me back in my box. Well, a box of... I'm not staying here like I and I think that was the a mix of um am I going to spend all this time learning this skill and then not being able to the, the, that to me was a waste of time like I need to learn all the things to make my life full from this choice of education and so I decided and of course there was a bit of rebellion in there as well going hmm. I'm not happy with that. I'm being laughed at for a simple yeah. question. And so I quit. I said, no, I'm not going back in there. I'm not doing that. And But how, do you know, that's, you know, I, I've heard you talk about this before. Yeah. And it always hits me. And even loads of things that you've just said there hits me. You know, being being laughed at for asking asking the question. It's really, you think we've moved on from that? You know, I mean, about challenging the status quo I mean I've worked with artists and stuff over the years as well not half as much as you have I know but I know there was this old story of if you're commercial you're not truly an artist and you have to suffer for your art and all this stuff and I remember doing working with somebody who's an amazing artist and and we did some work together about you know crafting a product that they could get you know we priced it we did all of that stuff and he turned to me very shortly afterwards and went this is the first time I've been able to buy a car oh brilliant amazing because yeah but because they're being is that still the case with art and the art community and the creative community yes because I know you did a TEDx about this space yes like Yes. Tell me how the revolution is going, you know? Well, <clears throat> the revolution is going quite well. I mean, I think the more conversations we have like this one and the more people that are, almost give themselves permission to let go of wanting validation from the experts or acceptance in that type of art world, I think... You know, as we talked earlier, Fnola, about letting go of that in the in the creative sector, I think that's mm. where we need to bring the conversation. I think um, artists are afraid. There's a big fear element in that art world because if you don't play that game, you're not going to be let into the gang. It's quite like a schoolyard, like... Um, but who would want to be in that gang? That's right. That gang but, you see, but you see, but you see, it's quite interesting. I 
have worked with people that were in there and weren't happy with, yeah. you know, even, you know, the level of payment that you get is, isn't um, amazing for, for some, yes, a small percentage at the very, very top. Yes. I mean, you can make money, but there's a big gateway there that you have to suffer to get through it and play a very political um, moves like which which really, in my view, doesn't sit well with the creative mind. It's very stressful and not really where they want to be. And so why do people even consider it or say, what's the alternative? Like what is so many alternatives? Yeah, but but you see, not in the route that a lot of people have been shown from art school. For example, if I wasn't me and I I have worked with people in their 50s, 60s, 70s that were a similar thing happened they were laughed at did they quit no they went through the system came out followed the route because this is what they were supposed to do and are at 60 going Tara can you help me make money yes come come here that process simply diminishes someone's potential Yes, well, I think our t- and self and sense of yes. self and identity. Yes, I think academically in the art world, there's amazing artists that come out of art school. I think they're developing and educating at a very high level. And I get the academic world um, in the art world. I get it. I understand it and I appreciate it. But I, I feel for many not all but for many the aggressive nature of tearing you down to build you up um doesn't really sit and and also that separation um and that that message of well you're not supposed to want to make money that's not what it's about which it's not the in their world it's not about the money of but creativity has never been about money where i come in is well why can't we do both yes why can't we still have the love of the academics still uh you know understand the that world and love it and cherish it but also accept that people want to make businesses from their work too and i think it's a a a snobbery it's the elitism i don't know what it is but there's a conversation that's still there that I even hear now and going, are we still talking about this? What? <laughs> it's still there. It's still um that uh you can't make work like that because that's not to the level of this. So why would you devalue your creativity? Because uh, I want to eat. Yeah. Or buy a car. Like, why not? Like, and that puts people into the box of I'm an academic artist. I can't do that. You should have to, you should have a choice and it, let it be accepted on whichever one you want rather than, you know. Uh, it's just right to be disrupted, really, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And, and I think, you know, you're saying, how does, how is the revolution going? For me, this is how I measure it. I measure it by hearing people at an exhibition or at an opening or at a trade fair where all the create wherever they are, depending on what they do. I just 
told Mary down the road how to, um, you know, the key elements of a sales page. I was just talking to her about that success. When other people that I touch or teach or help are on the ground, helping, teaching, inspiring the people that were them six months ago, that's a win for me. That's how I measure it. Yeah, but that's a great way to measure it. Bravo. Let's move from art school. Slight digression. But <laughs> yeah, still, still what I wanted to talk about, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Um, what happened next? So you started your first business at age 19. Yeah. And that was a cafe? Kafka's it was called. The cafe oh. with the couch. <laughs> that was the tagline. <laughs> and it was the time of um, Friends. Like Friends was really... Yes. And so we had a big pink couch by the window and uh, and I called it Kafka based on Franz Kafka, the writer who was, you know, trying to make it a little bit quirky and the ca- cafe with the couch and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and that was such a fun, amazing time in my life. Um, just even to show me, Jesus, I, I can actually do this, like... I had an idea, I had an empty room, I had to make it happen and continue to make it happen. And it was a huge success as a business, which was amazing. Um, and it was it was there that I, you know, saw very, you know, easily that all the people coming in for jobs were in the creative sector. And that kind of, you know, triggered the little voice in my head, which never left me. Why Why are they all here wanting even full-time jobs with me running a restaurant and they're after doing their degrees, like, and they're not selling their artwork? Why am I the one giving, paying that? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and so over that time, as we navigated through that fun, that really hard work, by the way, <laughs> period of Kafka's, um, it, it was always in the back of my mind. And as I learned business on the ground, running this really, really busy restaurant in the center of the Cork City, um, I was learning key marketing skills. I was learning productivity, pricing, how to deal with customers. Like, I mean, it was how to unblock drains at three o'clock in the morning. You know, I mean, plumbing, it was everything you could think of. It was so rich in education as far as business learning goes because you're in there figuring out and solving problems on an hourly basis. Um, And knowing you can do it. Yes, it was. that, But you don't really think about it until you come out the other side where you take a breath going, what just happened there? Jeannie Mac. And then you don't really think about it too much either. You just go into the next project with all these skills that are Mm. almost your have dripping in experience of things that had become almost um, just you know, your natural reaction to something is problem solving because that's what you had to do for X amount of years, like at a really high pace. You know, the whole idea of being able to problem solve and troubleshoot on the go is mostly realizing you can sort anything, you know, if you, once your mind allows you to. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I think you can. I mean, I think sometimes we need to also be able to recognize the problems that we can't solve yes. and let them go again. We're back to letting it go, aren't we? <laughs> let it go. Let it yeah. go. And that's a skill to learn. Yeah. I know I'm not going to try and always prove that I can solve everything or try and fix everything. I can't or maybe I don't want to and I'm just or I know go. how to solve it is by bringing in an expert exactly exactly being able to ask for help knowing how to ask for help. exactly that's a mm. huge learning yeah and I and yeah. as why I do what I do now because I never asked for help because I was superwoman I was 19 running this huge successful business with all these this big team and blah 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 blah, blah and people you know I'm superwoman right uh, no, like, no, you're not. And on reflection, that time could have been so much more pleasurable and less stressful for me personally if I had asked for help. So, And I know from my own experience that when I ask for help, I grow. Yeah, yeah. That's right. We do grow. Even just admitting that we're not superwoman or superman or mm. super whatever, even admitting that is growth, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What happened next? So then I partied, of course. <laughs> As you do. As you do. And remembering I was very young and um, all my friends from school were in college and, you know, doing all of that stuff. And uh, I was running this business, employing everybody and, you know, which was amazing. And I, as I said, we learned so much. But personally, there was a big struggle there with being the boss and this success story with, with you know, sometimes people had this, who does she think she is? And I really felt that and it's something that quite got me um, at that time. And yeah, I struggled with that. And so can I ask yeah. you a question about that? Yeah. Did, did you hear that statement or was that your own voice? Oh, <clears throat> probably a bit of both because I lived with people that I was employing and we all socialized together and we did everything together. It was like friends, actually. It was that. Yeah. It was, right. which was amazing. And I made really good friendships, but it also, and that's a really good question. And I'm trying to think, was it my insecurity of being accepted in the gang of everybody mm. because I was over here a little bit? Mm. So I, I feel it was a bit, a bit of both, to be honest with you. Yeah, and of course, it escalated in my mind as something that was probably much bigger than it actually was, like, in my mind. Yeah. 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 You moved to Dublin then? Oh, I didn't, know. I didn't no, okay. move to Dublin yet. So, so then I went off and I uh, went travelling. Oh, first I went to 
college as I was wrapping up the sale of the the first business. I so just, let's make that statement really clear because yeah. we didn't really say, oh, you sold the business. I did. I sold the <laughs> yeah. business after four Excellent. years. Yeah. Bravo. Yes, I decided to sell it. Um, and then as I was selling it, that last kind of year, I decided to um, go to college to do some advertising and marketing to do some academic stuff and go on the piss like everyone else my age I'm missing out (laughs) (laughs) in that environment so I so I went off and did a course and you know which turned out to be grand like you know except I ended up teaching the class in a lot of ways because actually that doesn't work in real life this works so it was interesting how how that I wasn't teaching them but you know I found myself questioning a lot of again the academic side of things um so it was quite interesting to see what was being taught and the reality which was where I was coming from but I had a great relationship with my lecturers and we discussed a lot of this stuff so it was actually good um so I did that and then I decided to go traveling so I went off did the whole two years away Australia Vietnam all that amazing amazing trip and worked my way through Australia um and driving a bus that was the best job ever so <laughs> I, I love it I, oh it's such a laugh you I know, worked for the state rail authority when I was there oh did you so I did the train thing oh the, the bus train. I did the train oh <laughs> I just love driving I just love oh. moving like I love uh, yeah. driving so anyway I was doing lots you know the random jobs that we do when mm. we're traveling and then I um as I was there I really paid attention to of course, always looking and searching for what's happening over here. And Australia mm. back then was very um, big on health, food and coffee and, you know, um, really cool branding around these little um, uh, these little coffee shops. And it's like, that's what I want to do. I don't want the big 60 seater restaurant that's like banging stuff out like I want something really cool and small that's Mm. easy to manage without a big team that's head wrecking Mm. like you know I want a small Mm. little thing and I can do that so then I came back from um traveling with that in my uh mind and of course a million notebooks to support that um Mm. with all the research and everything and decided okay I'm going to open my second business and I did that um when did I move that Uh, I came back from traveling oh 2006 I opened Mm. my second business Mm. um called the berries the berries so so the the berries is in Cork we say you're the berries you're brilliant (laughs) (laughs) so I said well and and it was a, a smoothie juice bar selling coffee mm. and healthy food and it was mm. really um a tiny little thing like a tiny tiny little unit on McCurtain Street in Cork the bellies and um and we we did really well um up until the crash happened <laughs> when it was the middle of the of the crash and uh, you know and we were we were selling our smoothies at quite a high price point so it was a real deep breath of 
Jeannie Mac, everything's changing really fast. What do I do? Do I leg it? Do I sell up? Oh, selling a business? Are you cracked? Everything was closing around me. It was insane. So we had to um, change the model, change the menu, the price point, like, and we did and we survived, um, which was a, an amazing uh, feat for me from yes. problem solving. <laughs> How am yeah. I going to survive this? Like, um, you did an old pivot. <laughs> complete pivoted out of my mind, yes. <laughs> um, but very quickly, which was stressful in itself, um, but but exciting. It was like starting mm. a new business really, really fast. Um, so that so that was good. We managed to stay open and then I decided, okay, we've survived this and then we were still, the downturn was still there, which, you know, lasted a period. And then what happened then was people were getting a lot of redundancies. And, um, and, and so that meant that there was people with money that were looking mm. for businesses. So I thought, okay, yeah. opportunity knocks here. Yeah. It's, you know, we're busy. We've queues out the door. There's, it's busy. It's time to sell. And we sold in two weeks which was incredible. Yeah, the auctioneer was like, you're not going to sell this tower. I said, yes, I will. Yes, we will. Balloons, like we had, you know, we were, I was like, everyone come in over the next, you know, like it's up for sale. Like, And so we really, you know, we the community around the berries really helped that as well because everyone wanted to see it continue. They didn't want to see it close and they knew that I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell. And they wanted me to be happy. It was so lovely. So everyone kind of helped that Was process. that your first taste of community? No, Kafka's was the first taste of community. That, no, Even, Ka- but did you realise it? Not at all. Did you realise it then at berries? I, I didn't put a word on it. Like I just, yeah, okay. t- it was all the lo- the the regulars. I mean, yeah. it was like cheers. I finola, yeah. Do you want strawberries in that today? You know, and then all new people would come in going, "What's going on here? Like, how did they?" Everyone... I'd be a raspberry now. And it was magic. And like, oh, I, I miss it. I must say, I met, like, I loved Kafka too, but I was too young and it was just too busy. This one, this was gorgeous. It was just really mm. a beautiful space. And, and just, you know, if anyone has a restaurant or a cafe or, you know, dealing with the public all the time, a really great thing that we used to do, well, there was two great kind of strategies that we used to do. One was I was always, um, I was always developing menus. So I never put up the menu and that was it. I, we were renaming things. And because the berries was called the berries, which is an old cork saying, all our smoo- smoothies and juices had cork related slang names, like pure tick like. You say, you're pure tick like. Cheers. Yeah. You're stupid. You're pure. T- so people. Did you do t-shirts? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Mm. I know. No, we but didn't. Great branding. You were really. Yeah. I love it. The story came the whole way through. All the way through. And then the extension of that was after after kind of year one, there was like a solid group of regulars and they would make up their own juices. So, you know, I want this and this, not that, not that. And we used to, you know, there was a finola smoothie with their with their ingredients on raspberries. Yeah, <laughs> raspberries. So people felt 
not just mm. as a customer, they were part of the part. menu. And so mm. they bring in part their... of the menu. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So they would yeah. bring their friends and family in to go, that's me. That's yeah. your juice. Like, th- but you're, What's this is your yours. Juice? Look at all the social media that you'd have out of this. I know. <laughs> I know. And we didn't have it like that back yeah. then. Like we were just on the ground, like. And yeah. so um, that was my first real uh well you know kafka's was the first where it was all these regulars coming in and i quickly realized in kafka's it wasn't because of the food and the berries was the same i mean you could go down the road and get a smoothie and it Mm. was how people were treated we listened to people and had conversation and we connected people so when we were really busy behind the counter We'd say, Fanola, that's uh, Jimmy Joe there. You have to talk to him. He has a podcast as well. Link. Then that gave us time to do the thing. And there was a connection with their people on the other side. So you introduced your customers to each other. Yes. Why? Because. Apart from buying time, just was it Buying time, but building the community. Because community is all about. Consciously? Consciously? Maybe. No, not as a, this is what yeah. we're going to do on Thursdays. No, we felt, we felt, you know, we would have conversations about people that if Fanola has to meet him now because he has a podcast too. We'd know you then. And then when you're in the space together, oh, you guys have to meet. So it wasn't like, let's build community. It was, <laughs> we have to get these guys chatting because it makes sense, right? For them, crack. like, nothing to, crack. yeah, for the crack, but also because they're in the same space. Yes. And, and, and this, you know, this always. Uh, and it doesn't have to be an ulterior motive. No, you know the way no. sometimes, sometimes when you're introduced, you know, you're kind of, because we're conditioned now in society to go, well, why, why is this happening? Instead of just going with it. Like. Yeah. And the power of getting people to talk about the same thing. Here's another thing that it always brings. I can't remember where I heard it, but it always brings it back to when you're in school. We always see this. Don't look at my maths. You're not to copy me. Go away. And it's that it's that you're not. Let me help you here. Look, yeah, you can. But you have to learn. Let me help you with that. No, you know, and I feel just the same with what I'm doing now with creatives and the community build. You can talk to your competitors and you can talk to people in the same niche as you and help them out. It's spreading love rather than you're not allowed to look at my copy, feck off. You know, that's not going to, that's not bringing joy to anybody. Like, but also it's, um, a poverty mentality to be like that. Yeah, because they might take my food. for everyone. There yeah. is. That's, but you see, we're conditioned not to think that. From childhood, like, don't show me, you can't have it. Why not? Like, there's loads of copies. I, always, I tell this story to people very like the school, but I think of it as being in a prison, you know, and minding your food because the other prisoners are going to steal it from you. Yeah. And I think about, and my analogy is for ideas, you know, people yeah. giving away ideas. And I'm like, you've got to give them away because you've got to create space for more. Yeah, if you right. hold them too tight, you don't have room for anything else. Because yes. if you open, loads more will come. You that's don't right. have to own them all. Yeah, 
That's right. And you know, that's, you know, I, and, and I get this question a lot too. And it's from a place of fear and I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, someone's created a product or an idea or um, thing. how can I protect this? And I spend all this time and energy protection in case someone steals my idea. And I get that. And, you know, especially in the creative sector, it's so easy to copy a um, a, um, a design and put it on, you know, and, and and that there is always space for protection of your original design. You know, mm. I, I, I get that. I understand that. But when we focus just on that and we're obsessing about it and it becomes this thing that all we can think about is people are going to steal it. I can't, A, I can't put it out there. B, you know, fear you are the only person behind the work. So mm. you focus on you, your story, how you create it, why you create it. Mm. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. Except you, you're robbing yourself. Yeah. And oh. you're robbing the world because they yeah. won't see the thing that you're after creating all yeah. based on the fear of someone else copying it. And, mm. you know, as they say, copying is the biggest form of flattery. It yeah. means people, A, are seeing you and what you do, that it's good and people want to, you know, do something similar. Your job as a business owner is to be, turn up and be the best at what you do and share yeah. your story and mm. bring you to the front. Like, that doesn't mm. mean you have to be all over video and everything, but your values, how you feel about your work and what you do, your how you got there when you started this type of work or what happened in your life just like you're asking me like how did I get mm. to like nobody else has had this uh, journey mm. except me like so mm. any other business mentor they haven't done what I've done but yeah exactly. they're still business mentor like they're still mentoring you know yeah. so what's the difference like you know what I mean and it's really um it's a pertinent conversation uh, particularly in your space as well, Tara, when we're talking about AI. And I was talking to um, another marketing strategist there last week. And we were saying, you know, this is the time for creatives. This is the time for this origination of stuff because no artificial intelligence can share. I lived this. I experienced yeah. this. This is yeah. what I did. This is who I was. I share my personal stories of how where this came from. Mm -hmm. They can only share. They can only produce what is already in the ether. What's been mm -hmm. inputted. They're not mm -hmm. originating life experience. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I think it will probably come. Which. Which gives us, like every shift in history, there's always opportunity. And I think you're completely on the ball. This is the creative sector's opportunity yeah. to enhance and, you know, really, you know, get it out there how important creativity is for humans because now yes. we're going to be competing with this other thing that's coming, the AI. I think we're competing though. Mm, I don't know. No, I don't. I think it's a tool. I think that what might happen is how we create will expand and we will use tools to help us. But if we see it as a competitor, then it will be one. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it 
for now, yes, we it's the tool, but I feel like it will evolve into something else. I think. Yeah. In time. So will we. In so will we. Yeah, that's true. We're really good at that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting. We're one. better. Humanity is better at evolving than anything else. But that we know of, we don't know this one. That's the, that's the that's the difference. We don't know AI. Mm. See, I, I I I'm I'm out on that one. I think let's see what ha- I I I just feel though that creativity is our gold because it's original yes. thinking, it's critical thinking, it's coming up with products and ideas from our life and how we feel about things here's a question for you yeah (laughs) it's a it's a statement i'm going to give you my opinion first right (laughs) should i Mm, no i will because i want you to know where i'm coming from there's a statement that i've heard for years it's in the ether every single day everywhere and I completely, fundamentally disagree with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's no such thing as a new idea. Hmm. I don't agree with that. Great. We're in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> We're in agreement. But how can that be? Tr- of course, there's new ideas all the time. But it's 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 a output into the ether, into into the world, in podcasts, in television, in everything. That, you know, everything that's been dreamed up of has already been done. done. You know, all that. And we're continually being told that it's a load of shite. Yeah. I disagree with that too. Great. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I just want that piece I wanted out on this podcast. That, that's because not... it's so limiting. Yeah. Yes, we build on what's come before, but we add our own piece to it. Yes. Yeah. But uh, like, what is an idea? Like, and I, you know, mm. what what are ideas? I mean, mm. I think there's influences, and there's you learn something to to trigger a new idea to solve something or to. But there's new ideas all the time. Like, yeah. I talk to hundreds and hundreds of people every week with new ideas. Love it. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to your story. Okay. Thank you. I'm so glad that we're on the same, that we got that message out there. Okay. Yeah. So we jumped to when you moved to Dublin, but you sold two businesses so far. Yeah, I sold two. So now, yeah, sorry, I know it's a bit long. Did we hear it for eight hours? The longest podcast episode. It's not, we're good, we're so good. So, okay, so I sold business number two and then. I had baby and then um, my husband got a job offer in Dublin and we decided to move to Dublin. So ended my Cork love affair of Cork, having been so good to me all my life, really. And Well, you still love Cork. I do love Cork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do love I do love, of course. Yeah, um, it hasn't and I was kidnapped. I was actually kidnapped. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, you know, happily go to Dublin or anything. (laughs) Um, So then I arrived in Dublin and, you know, you know, in the madness of moving and um, house stuff and finding, sure, sure, it was all a whirlwind. And then as the dust settled, what am I supposed to do? Oh, all right. Uh, So I tried the staying at home, being a mother at home, which I can only say 
is was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot of things. I find that really challenging to do the same thing every day with my daughter. So we did it for a while and we settled in. And then I, I knew that I needed a, like a part-time job. I needed to be at something else, you know, to keep mm. my brain moving. And, um, and so I got a um, part-time job in a, um, I won't say the name of the company, but in an events company. Mm. So I got a part-time job there and that was cool. And then I, um, people that I knew in Dublin, I knew two families in Dublin when I moved, old friends. And one of the girls um, used to manage Kafka's for me and she married a photographer. So mm. I ended up over in their house. Yeah, I can help you with that. No problem. Mm. So I started working with Fionn, helping him with his photography business. And I said, oh, yeah, I love this. I this. this is yes. it. Oh, oh, how do I do this? Though? How do I build something around? This is what I want to do. Mm. I want to help. Of course I do. And then it, I, I remember that evening walking home. In Port we lived in Portobello at the time, walking home going, oh, I went right back to being laughed at going, this is how it, all of this meandering got me yeah. here, didn't it? Okay, yeah. the penny dropped. Like, of course I had to experience those businesses. And in between my businesses, I was opening and working in different businesses as well. So it mm. wasn't just my businesses. I was running other people's businesses in between those two businesses. <laughs> yeah. um, and so all of that experience and the desire and it, it kind of innate want to enhance creativity in the world and, and, and more so to connect to creative people because I felt like nobody else understood how my brain worked. When I was in a group yeah. of creatives, ah, I gotcha, what? You, you, you understood that, what? Like, yeah. and I knew that they were the people that I were here to help, like, well, and so from that, um, I started- Isn't it powerful when you realize that? Yes. Yes, it was. It was like, oh, and then the reality kicked in after, you know, looking up at the stars and dreaming and going, this is it. Oh, how am I going to do this? Like, yeah. but again, your natural problem solving skills kick in. Well, this mm. is the outcome that I want. So I need to do X, Y, Z. Well, I'm starting this off. I need to get clients to help, to see, to validate. Mm. What can I get mm. them results? Am I, is the style that I'm bringing suitable? And it was, mm. and I got another client and another referral and, and mm. it kind of snowballed balled itself into that and then there was a moment where we moved again out of the city out mm. into um where we are now in this area and um I was we're still working the part-time job and then got another part-time job just because and then <laughs> while I was trying to build because I needed income to fuel yeah. the thing that I yeah. was trying to build so then I was out in the sticks out here um, and I was like, right, I don't know anybody. Like, I, and even mm. in the city, I didn't know anybody. Like, I'm a Cork girl. Like, I know everyone in Cork, mm. no two people, like in Dublin, two families. So that was a struggle for me. So then I decided, well, I'll go to a networking group. Brilliant. So I went to the networking group. Lovely people, really enjoyed it, really great but nobody 
got me, which then I felt I couldn't express myself the way I normally do, or I, I, I felt more, uh, not intimidated, I felt uh, like I was putting on a filter to show up like everybody else to fit into the, to the convention. Yes. And mm. I, I don't like that, like that. So mm. I was, that, you know, it didn't feel right, but enjoyable and it had its purpose at that time. So then I decided, okay, I need to find creative people. Where do they hang out? Uh, crickets, like, wh- where are they? I don't mm. know. Okay. Ah, I think I'll open a Facebook group then. Let's do that, Tara. Okay. Mm. So I opened our Facebook group called Bite the Biscuit, which is now 10,100 members. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo. Yes. So there, and it's growing all the time, organically, like, Mm. because it was needed, like I needed it. And that all started happening in a Facebook group. And then um, that really took off. Uh, And the beauty of it was just like me introducing Fanola to Jimmy Joe in the berries Mm. because they were on the same path Mm. or in the same... This kind of thing started happening in the group. I would tag someone, say, hey, you know, you know this person, don't you tag, tag, have a chat. And from the group that's, you know, eight years old now, um, people have opened businesses together. When people are getting married, they use biscuits from the group. So the community has just evolved. You should tell the story. Sorry, I know that's really important what you're saying, but I just remembered. (laughs) Why you called it biscuit? Oh yeah, <laughs> such a good story. Oh, it is. Thank God for wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I married a Frenchman, right? And so, what? So we went off. We were in France, and and I was at that stage where I, you know, I'm actually leaving out a big lump there. But sure, look at <laughs> it. It was at that stage where I decided. You know, I can't work the two part-time jobs and, you know, you have to decide at some point, okay, something has to give. It's either I keep going doing this and this flatters away or I pull up my big girl's knickers and get rid of those two and focus on the other one. So I obviously pulled up the knickers and focused on the other one. Um, So we went to France. And Darcy was small and we were, I was sitting at, we were sitting out the back and it was, you know, those balmy evenings in France. It's so beautiful. And we had a lovely bottle of wine and we were all sitting around and I was like, what, you know, what am I going to call my business? What am I going to call it? So when I was working with doing one-to-one client work, I set up this before biscuit, I called it word out because I was getting the word out. And I didn't like it, but it was grand and it did as I was navigating it. But I knew it wasn't it. Mm. So Matthew, who is from corporate, where acronyms is a thing in corporate. Mm. I'm, you know, I, I haven't experienced corporate, so, but I know it's all the acronyms that come in. So um, we're sitting out with a few glasses, bottles of wine, and we were <laughs> we were brainstorming, right? I said, what am I going to call this business? Word out. No, I can't. It just doesn't gel with me. I can't. Like, so 
um, Matt was like, okay, Tara, what do you actually do? I was like, well, have you got, I, you know, social media, marketing, branding, voice. I mean, I do too many things, actually. There's so many. And he said, ah, okay, so it's kind of like a toolkit, is it, for small businesses in the creative sector? I was like, yeah, that's great. How, what am I going to call it, like, with all those things? So, so he was like, okay, let's look at that. And then he went, oh. I know. Sure. It's a business kit. How about biz, B-I-Z-K-I-T? I went, oh my God. This <laughs> kit is brilliant. You're a genius. He went, no, not biscuit that you eat. Biz kit. I was like, no, it's biscuit. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. So yeah. happy. It made perfect sense to me, like... Mm. And we'll call ourselves But that's what biscuit. every brand should feel like. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And I you love see, that you were able to create um, visuals around that and that you loved yeah. it. Like that's your test for whether the brand is a true representation of you. Yeah. And because it's so, I guess now saying that the, the, the brand then was quite a, and is, always a challenge because it doesn't it doesn't say what it is so it's re it it, it it probably i would always use it because of its fun element and it's in innovative and it's a bit different but there's a lot of explanation and turning up to what do you actually do you know you know so there is that challenge but i'll it. give you a counterpoint to that yeah you always hear me talk about your truth shared. This is called your truth shared. And your truth shared is about when the marketplace uses your language to describe who you are. They share yeah. your story for you, for you, without you in the room. Yeah. And the first time I came across you was when someone said, oh, I'm in the biscuit community. They all know who they are and where they are. They mm. talk about you and explain you and explain the community and explain everything that you do on brand mm. because they bought into it. Mm. So it has succeeded. Yes. Yes, I suppose. Yeah, I don't hear those stories very There's often. There's no, the, 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 the thing around brand is that you can get your message through without distortion and the need for too much explanation. Yes. And so you've done it. Yeah. There is I no distortion. Yeah. I I I think um it was a gamble for sure, but but like that's business, isn't it? I mean it's like Yeah, you, but you, you fed this is the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is your focus on feeding the community with without reservation, with a true heart, with service in mind. Like we spoke beforehand about this, how do you lead a community? And your language was always around, it is how you serve the community, not how you lead yeah. the community. Yes. And because you serve the community, the community gives back. Mm. Yes, that's true. And I think serving, it, you know, it's like when you have, if you're a small business and you have customers, when you're customer centric, when you're thinking about your customer, when you're creating your piece or what's important to them, rather than 
you know, I want to sell this product, like for me, I, you know, you obviously have to sell the product, but, but I feel like if it comes from a place of what's important to them, what's, what, what will help yeah. them or what, what problem am I solving? Or, you know, how can I make this easy for people? It, it, you come at it with, with a different um, energy, I think, mm. you know. And I know, and, mm. yeah. Well, yeah. I know also that this is not an easy road to take just for people to hear because otherwise we might be just, you know, nice daisies and floating off into the wind. But it's yeah. not easy to do this work. And I know, I mean, it's something that I really admire about you. You One, you are successful. That's not what I admire about you, but that is a, a grounding piece. The other thing that I admire about you is that you deeply listen to your customers and you try always. You try new things. You innovate all the time. And sometimes it hasn't worked. Yeah. But you have how you've dealt with the stuff that hasn't worked and with such great authenticity, such great transparency. Yes, overused words, but they're appropriate here. Because you are always open and honest with your community, they always rallied around you. Mm. And then you moved on to the next thing, always. Mm. Is there yeah. anything you want to share around that or? Yeah, it's like what we talked about, about knowing when to stop with something. Yeah, as well. And, yeah. you know, I think we all want to succeed and we all want, you know, to develop our businesses and add on new things. And, and for me, you know, the Biscuit Marketplace, which was a um, which was a marketplace to sell creative work, it was a huge project. I didn't realize how big it was until I went into it deeply mm. <laughs> and um, and whilst it sat in a portfolio of offerings to the creative sector and it fitted underneath the Biscuit brand beautifully as well, the realisation that too many things dilute the thing. So if, yeah. for me because I was trying to be superwoman again with the cape on, I can do this. I can add all these things because I'm focusing on my customers and the creative world. I forgot about me. I was in there too. That's what about Tara? Awesome. Yeah. 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 So yes, I can make it work. Of course I can. And I'm stubborn as well yeah. with wanting to get, but to what ex expense? working every evening, weekends, not seeing my young children, uh, mm -hmm. having no husband left, like, you know, mm -hmm. what, what happens to me? So it was a choice of, do I focus on my work, which I love, and it's so easy mm -hmm. to focus on it, or mm -hmm. do I give something back to Tara and keep it oh. simple? Oh, I just, that's just beautiful. That's mm -hmm. a really good way for me to end and ask you, I just love that, but I want you, is there anything else you'd like to leave people with? Don't forget to ask for help. Yeah. Help is there. Find, mm -hmm. you know, find the strength to know that you, whilst you're smart and ambitious and creative and you're able, having 
the help makes the journey so much nicer and mm. um, in flow rather than battling all the time. The help is there. Mm. So just ask for help. Powerful. Thank you so much, Darren. You're welcome. Thanks, Sonola. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you'd like to find out more about Tara, check her out on thebiscuitfactory.ie. That's B-I-S-C-U-I-T, thebiscuitfactory.ie. And the factory is her business accelerator program for creatives. And that's open for new members on April 21st. She's also running a workshop shortly on how to sell online without hours of social. So just click on the links in the show notes. They're both there. And if you'd like to support the show, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and reach out and let me know your takeaways from this episode. What would you like to know more about? Send me a message and I'll be back next week for part three of my three-part series. And this time we're talking about what got you here won't take you there. Have a great day.